You see, God walked with Adam in the garden. He had a relationship with him that was, that was so intimate and so close, second to none. When you read in the first few chapters of Genesis, you see that God and Adam enjoyed a communion and a fellowship that is just awesome. Some of the songs we sang this morning reminded me, as I knew what I was going to preach, how intimate, how close is our fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit. What is the goal of marriage, by the way? What is the goal of marriage? Somebody else. What is the goal of marriage? Jack. To kill yourself. Could we have another one? Way in the back, Darlene. To be one. Now, now notice this. He creates us separate beings with our own identity and our own personality. And yet, in marriage, he says, I want the two of you to become one. This means that there would have to be a level of intimacy and communication and fellowship that exceeds that of mere friendship. There would have to be something really awesome take place in the marriage for the two people with very different ways to become one. How many of you know a married couple, the two of them are so drastically different and yet they have such a tight bond between them and such a love? How many of you know some people like that? I mean, they are just opposites. And you wonder how they ever got married, but boy, you better not try to separate them because they are joined at the hip and will be for life. It's a God thing. When we accept God's gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, we enter into a communion with the Creator of the universe. God Almighty becomes our Heavenly Father, and He places His Holy Spirit within us, and Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as the Counselor in John 14, 16. And it's in His presence that we learn truth. God showed Paul and John that believers would be filled with His presence that we would be part of his family. Day by day, through prayer and Bible study and meditation and worship, we would draw close and cement our relationship, as it were, and really get into each other and become intimate friends with God. Don't we sing a song about being a friend of God? Isn't it an awesome thing that God calls you a friend? Don't you just love it when you're in the presence of people and they start dropping names? Well, uh, you know, uh, and and there's always this one-upmanship, I call it. You say, for example, well, you know what? I met the governor the other day. And somebody that's insecure and wants to brag in the group says, well, that's nothing. I've met the president. And here we go. You know, one-upmanship. I've had a better experience than you. Ah, that's a sidetrack. I don't want to get over there. Where was that? Being a friend of God. Who is the best friend you've got? I mean, wait a minute. Who is the most important? Who is the uh, highest on the social ladder who has notoriety that you would call a friend? Think about that. Don't blurt it out because we don't want no one-upmanship started here this morning. But think about who that person is. Just do it this way. What if you could be personal friends with Barack Obama, George W. Bush? Ronald Reagan. Think about it for a moment. Or some lady that you really respect and value highly. What about it? Think about it. I can do a one-upman on that. I am a friend of God. God is my friend. That's the end of it right there, isn't it? That's the top of the ladder. You can't go up any higher than that. And yet, He is the friend of every one of us. You know? He is intimate with every one of us. 